0: Welcome to the perfect place for imperfect people. This is The Local Church Podcast, and we hope this message both challenges and encourages you. Here's today's message. Today is gonna be a good day so glad you're here. I'm Eric, I'm one of the pastors here. Welcome to the local church, the perfect place for imperfect people. Uh, today is October 31st, and so first of all, what that means is it is the last day of Breast Cancer Awareness Month, so um, come on, can we, can we celebrate? We've been praying, we, we've been being generous to help people who are hurting and uh, uh, I'm just grateful because uh, I'll put some different colors in my in my wardrobe going forward in the month of November. I'm not done wearing pink, but uh, you know I'm going to wear some other colors as well. Um, and, and a lot of us like Debbie. Debbie in the front, De- Debbie's not a, she's not afraid of cancer. Been there, done that. The spirit of God has been with you, giving you strength the entire time. Uh, but today is also Halloween. Sorry, I I, I transitioned too quickly. (laughs) Today is also Halloween, and and I know that some people, some followers of Jesus, they're a little bit afraid of today. Now some of you may have no idea what I'm talking about. Let me explain a little bit. I grew up in a church where there was no Halloween. There was Hallelujah Nights. Anyone have Hallelujah Nights in the church you grew up in? A few of us in here. Yeah, we didn't distribute candy. We didn't dress up in costumes. We didn't have fun. All we did is we prayed and we fasted and we casted out every demonic spirit in the name of Jesus. I just bind all these demonic spirits trying to get our children. And so there's a lot of fear when it came to Halloween, because we just believed that this was the day that the devil was out to get us. And so then I began to read God's word, and then I began to understand who we have as a helper. And I realized that um, the Bible says that we do have an enemy, that it is a spiritual world, and we have a spiritual enemy named Satan. And The Bible says that he he seeks To kill, steal, and destroy, and he goes around like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But unlike Jesus, who the Bible declares is the lion of the tribe of Judah and the lamb of God that takes away the sin of the earth, Satan just goes around like a lion. And really... That's how he gets us. That's how he scares us because we can't see him. And so he deceives us by putting out all these images that he's this, this awesome, powerful, you know, like accuser of the brethren that will destroy the body of Christ. But if we could just see him for who he actually is. And the word of God gives us a picture. Tell us in Revelation that he's already defeated. That he was cast down to, to to earth to be a prison for his judgment, which he has already judged. And then look what it says here. It says here in Romans 16:20. I love this. It says, the God of peace will soon crush Satan under your feet. So turn to someone right now. Tell them you don't have to be afraid. It's just a costume. He's just trying to dress up like a roaring lion, but it's just a costume. And, and a lot of us were familiar with costumes. Today, a lot of our children are dressed up in costumes as superheroes, having a superhero Sunday. And maybe some of you, no one's dressed up right now, that's good. Oh no, we have, we have, who's that, Deadpool? <laughs> so we have one person who's dressed maybe several, oh no we have some more look at that, okay, perfect place for imperfect people we got Gamora, we got Batman that's two universes colliding that's a little bit weird but it's okay perfect place for imperfect people some of you tonight, maybe you're going to dress up with the kids maybe you're going to dress up just for you you're going to put on a costume but listen, if, if all of us were honest this morning we would realize that many of us were already wearing costumes so many of us, we, we put on a mask to cover what's really going on. We pretend that everything is okay when really we need some help. And we have a helper. I want you to understand that today. We have a helper who is here with us. We're in this series called Ghost Stories That Aren't Scary. We're going to talk about some supernatural things that, that are not anything to be afraid of. And so I titled today's teaching this, The Spirit Is Not Silent. If you're taking notes in your app, today's title is, The Spirit Is Not Silent. Silence. See, maybe you've seen a scary movie or a scary show where someone is just living their their normal everyday lives but then all of a sudden something happens and you hear the eerie music and then they hear a voice, right? Red rum. Like, oh no, what was that? Ooh. Whoa, what was that? You, you don't see anything, but you hear something. And a lot of us, we, we watch movies like that, and we get afraid. And, and me, growing up, I'm like, I don't ever want to hear a voice that I can't see. That that's strange. That's spooky. But but no, not the spirit of God. See, in this series, I, I want us to, to help normalize the supernatural. To see the supernatural as something that should be natural to followers of Jesus. And so I want us to understand today that the Spirit of God is not silent. And when he speaks, we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to be scared of the Spirit speaking to us. Now, I love technology. Um, I I appreciate all the benefits and advantages that that technology gives us to make life easier. Technology is a helper to many of us in our lives. And uh, I appreciate the the help that technology brings so much, not just cell phones and upgraded laptops, but, but I've tried to create a smart home in my house. Anyone here have a smart home? Few of us here, like everything is controlled by speaking and it's automated. But for those of us who have smart homes, you know they're not really that smart, right? Like they never seem to work when, when you really want them to. When I'm trying to show off, hey, close the shades. And it's like, it's not closed. Now nah, I got to do it myself. They never seem to work. They're not all that smart. And the most popular of all the smart home devices, the hubs that the smart home needs to connect and communicate to is Alexa. Actually, I'm going to keep it muted because she likes to talk. Like, you know Alexa, right? Anyone, anyone have an Alexa in their home? You, you love your Alexa? I love Alexa sometimes, but sometimes she, she belongs in the local church. She's imperfect a lot. You know, but you, you, can, you can say her name. Alexa. And she, she hears you. She's always listening and she responds. And let's talk about ghost stories. That, that, that's a little bit scary sometimes. I don't know if your, your smart device, your hub has ever spoken to you when you, kn- you like you weren't planning on it. True story, last night, we're, we're in the playroom and we're putting the costumes on for the kids and, and we're talking. It's like, oh, you look cool as Peter Pan. Do you want to be Captain Hook Everett? And then Alexa starts to speak up in the playroom. She says, do you want to know what I'm going to wear as a costume for Halloween? I'm not making this up. She said, do you want to know what I'm going to wear as a costume for Halloween? I was like, Jesus' name, I bind that demon. Go! And then they, like, it, it freaked us out. But here, here's the thing with Alexa. She gives information, she gives answers, but oftentimes she's incorrect. Watch this. Let's hope it works. Alexa, are cows bad for the environment? According to an Alexa Answers contributor, Cows are bad for the environment because humans clear out large swaths of land for grazing, which destroys habitats. Cows also expel huge amounts of methane from the anus. <laughs> methane is a greenhouse gas that aids. Alexa, are cows bad for the environment? Thanks for the feedback. Alexa, are cows bad for the environment? According to an Alexa Answers contributor, they are not bad for the environment. In fact, they are good at they take excess oxygen and convert it to carbon dioxide. And not only that, but if you cut out part of their chest, you have steak. (laughs) Did you see that? When I want information, oftentimes Alexa gives the incorrect answer. And do you know why? I don't know if you caught it. She said, according to a user... She listens to humans, and if an answer and if a response from a human is popular, even if it's incorrect, she will give it as the correct answer, and that's a problem. You know, and and I'm speaking right now like like Alexa is is a person. She has a name, and and she gives responses, But, but Alexa is an artificial intelligence that that gets her information. She listens to the wisdom of men. She she listens and leans in to human responses. But yet we have a God who created man, who knows everything. But how often do we turn to Alexa or Google or Siri for answers? We have a helper. We have the Spirit of God with us. And it's not enough to simply know that the Spirit of God is with us today, and that's nothing to be afraid of. We have to understand that the Spirit still speaks today. He wants to speak to us, but are we listening? Are we surrendered, or are we just silencing his speech? See, a lot of people would say, I, I want to know. I, I want to know him. I, I want to hear him speak. How can I hear the Spirit of God speak to me if he isn't silent? Here's how. I want you to write this down. The Holy Spirit always, say always. The Holy Spirit always speaks to us according to what he's already spoken to us. The Holy Spirit always speaks to us according to what he's already spoken to us. Here's what I mean. The Spirit of God speaks through the Word of God. Always the Spirit of God speaks through the Word of God. John 16, 13, it says, when the Spirit of truth comes, Jesus says, he will guide you into all the what? The truth. truth not the opinions, not the fake news. He will guide you to all the truth, for he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. The Holy Spirit of God speaks through the word of God. So if you want to hear the Holy Spirit speak, spend time in God's words. Oh, but I want things supernatural. I want to hear the Holy Spirit speak out loud. Then read this out loud. And you're going to hear what the Spirit of God, since the foundations of the world, wanted to speak to us. Now, we're going to talk about this in greater detail in the upcoming weeks, but you need to understand that he never speaks apart from God's Word. So, so we got to love God's Word. we got to get in God's Word. We have to allow the Spirit of God, when we're spending time in God's Word, to speak to us and say, Lord, what are you teaching me? What do you want me to do about it? But today, I want to share three primary ways from God's words of how the Holy Spirit speaks. First one is this. Write this down in your notes. The Holy Spirit speaks conviction, say conviction, so that we can experience correction, so you're like, conviction, correction, I, I, I don't want the Holy Spirit to speak. I want you to turn to someone right now and tell them, I may not know it right now. Come on, church family, everyone at home, do it too. Turn to someone and say, I may not know it right now, but I need this. We need his conviction. We need his correction. He convicts us of what John 16:8 the word of God says but when he comes when the spirit of God comes he will convict the world concerning sin And righteousness and judgment. And then Jesus just explains what all this means so I don't have to. He says concerning sin because they do not believe in me. We have been forgiven of every sin, past, present, and future. And the reason why people are apart from God, the reason why people die and go to hell is not because they have sin in their life. Jesus has forgiven their sin. It's because they haven't received the free gift of eternal life and forgiveness of sin in Jesus. Jesus. And so the Holy Spirit, he convicts the world, you have a Savior. Surrender to him. He is love. He loves you. His name is Jesus. He convicts the world of sin, because they do not believe in me. Concerning righteousness, being made right with God. Why? Because I go to the Father, and you will see me no longer. We can't make ourselves right with God on our own. We are imperfect people. doesn't matter how hard you try. You will always miss God's standard of perfection. And that's why he has given us a helper to grow more and more into the image of God. To be right with God because the spirit of God that is living right inside of us concerning righteousness because they go to the Father and you see me no longer and he sent his spirit and concerning judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. It's not judgment because you are bad. It's judgment because the ruler of this world, Satan, has already been judged. He's already defeated. So stop listening to his lies. Start to listen to the Holy Spirit speaking. Don't listen to all the opinions. Don't listen to all the wrong sources. Listen to the spirit of God through the word of God. He convicts the world. He corrects us. He speaks to us so that we could be corrected and redirected to look more like Jesus. To be more of who he's called to be. Listen, I want that in my life. If the Spirit of God, if God is actually with me everywhere I go, I want to hear from Him. I want to know from Him. I want to be transformed by Him. Isn't that what we want? He's with us. And the Spirit is not silent. He speaks to us. You know, there might be areas in your life or moments in your life where you're about to do something, but suddenly you get this feeling inside I shouldn't do that. That's the Spirit of God. Convicting. I, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't go through with that. I should stop doing that. See, right now, some of you, you're convicted in this place, and I didn't even say what that was, but you know what that is in your life, and now you're convicted of it because the Spirit of God is speaking to you right here in this place. We say, I wish God would stop me from sinning. He's speaking. But are we silencing him? Are we shushing him? Some of us, we know this really well. I I shouldn't click on this link. I I really shouldn't click on this link. That's the spirit of God, but but we we do it anyway. A lot of you, you live this out. I, I, I shouldn't say that. I should keep that to myself. I shouldn't press send. And the Spirit of God is convicting you, saying, don't do it. No, that's wrong. He's trying to correct, but, but we'll silence him. No, 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 no. I, I don't want to hear that. Send. L- let me tell you about yourself, sweetie. And we just spew on people when the Spirit of God was trying to convict us to give us correction in our life. But we don't want to hear it. But this correction is good. This correction is actually good for us. Hebrews 12, 6. The Lord disciplines the ones he loves. And he chastises every son whom he receives. I thought he loves. Yeah, he does love. And because he loves, he convicts. And he corrects. Continues on, verse 9. Besides this, we have had earthly fathers who disciplined us and we respected them. Shall we not much more be subject to the Father of spirits and live? For they disciplined us for a short time as it seemed best to them. But he disciplines us. He's a perfect father. He doesn't go over the edge. He doesn't say things that he regrets later. He disciplines us for our good, that we may share his holiness. For the moment, all discipline seems painful rather than pleasant, but later it yields, listen to this, the peaceful fruit of Righteousness the peaceful fruit because I am right with God. Now there's peace in my life and peace to others, to those who have been trained by it, to those who've listened and put it into practice, who, who obeyed the conviction that the spirit of God gave. Listen, he wants to bring some course correction in our lives. He wants us to, to make the right decisions and listen to the right voices and, 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 and live rightly in our lives. And so he convicts us. He speaks a word to to correct our direction. And if we would just receive it, if we would just listen to the spirit who is not silent but is speaking to us, if we have ears to hear, it will lead to transformation. And I want to challenge you all this week just to try that. When you feel the spirit of God speaking a convicting thought or feeling in your conscience, obey. Obey. See if it doesn't lead to transformation. See if it doesn't lead to better decisions and hope in life, in your life. Second thing is this. Write this down. The Holy Spirit speaks counsel, say counsel, so that we can experience direction. He speaks counsel so that we can experience direction. Now I'm a pastor and I think I'm a pretty okay pastor, but I'm a terrible counselor. I'm so grateful for Pastor Johnny and the team of counselors we have here at the local church who, who give of their time, their talent, their treasure, their testimony to help us understand how God made us, and to give us direction in our lives. But, but I am not part of that counseling team. And that is good for you guys. Um, I, I could give you a lot of examples, but, but I remember one, um, It was about five and a half years ago or six years ago, uh, someone in the church graciously and generously uh, paid for my wife and I to go on an all-expense 10-day trip to Africa. We're going to go on a safari. We're going to experience life there. And I was so excited. And I went to my wife. I said, babe, we got an all-expenses paid trip 10 days to Africa. And My wife, she just responded with two words. She said, Emma and Ebola. If you remember before COVID, we had Ebola. And this is when Ebola was brewing in Africa. And then we just had a daughter three months prior. So she said, we're going to leave our three-month-old daughter in America as we go to Africa for 10 days where they have Ebola Are you kidding me? I'm like, babe, but it's free. (laughs) Like, we may never get this experience again. And so she asked me this question seriously. She said, Eric, if you were counseling someone in the church, what would you let them do? What what would you tell them? Would you tell them to leave their daughter to go to a place that has Ebola for 10 days? And uh, without any sort of fear or shame, I said, maybe I'd counsel them to leave their wife at home. I'm kidding, I didn't say that. I would be dead today if I said that. But my point is, I'm not a good counselor, but but we, we have a spiritual counselor. Every single one of us, we have a counselor who's with us always, who's spiritual and supernatural and speaks a word of counsel to us so we can have direction in our life. He's not silent. He wants us to get where God wants us to get. Listen to what it says in 1 Corinthians 2.11. This isn't like the sixth sense. The Spirit is giving us direction and and, and leaving us clues so we can solve a crime. Listen to how the Holy Spirit leads us. For who knows a person's thoughts except the spirit of that person which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. Verse 12, now we have received not the spirit of the world, but the spirit who is from God, the helper that is from God, that we might understand the things freely given to us by God. How many of us know that God knows some things, right? God can see around the corner when all we see is a straight path in front of us. God knows our tomorrow when we barely know what we're going to eat for lunch right after this. He knows all things. And he wants to direct us to where we need to go. He wants to give us direction. And so he shares with us and he speaks to us. God, he wants to save us from bad business decisions. If we listen. Some of us, some ladies, we, we, we see that man and he's so good looking on the outside. But, but what if God wanted, us to re- wanted to rescue us from that person who may look good on the outside but inside is immature and, and full of themselves and an abuser? He counsels to give direction. But unless we're willing to listen and to obey, we'll make decisions on our own. I've, I've shared this a few times over the past 18 months, but like many of us, 2020 was, was a difficult year. And in that time, I started seeing a counselor twice a month. I still see my counselor twice a month today, but, but I started leaning in more to the counselor, the Holy Spirit. Started listening to his voice more often. And and here's how the Spirit of God gave me direction in 2020 through his counsel. He helped me to understand that that all this opposition that I felt like I was feeling was an opportunity for me to grow more and more into the image of God. Like perfect place for imperfect people, amen? Can, Can I be honest? Can I be honest for those of you at home? I love pastoring. I love pastoring this church Sometimes I don't like people. I love people. I pray for people. But it's not easy dealing with people because they're a lot like Alexa. They all have, you know, their answers. They all have the sources they pull from and they're not always the same source or typically from different sides. And there's all these opinions and all these perspectives and, and um. A lot of times, they're wrong to me. I love pastoring, but, but I don't care much for people's opinions and their preferences. And so during last year, there was a lot of decisions that were made that people didn't agree with or people didn't like, whether they're here at church or at home or from different churches, all across the country in the church in America. And I started listening to some of the wrong sources And I started listening to some of the wrong perspectives. And in my head, I was like, yeah, I'm just going to, I'm going to cancel all of these people. I'm going to call them out on social media. This is difficult. And I, I felt the spirit of God speaking. And in this world, we all will have tribulation, but be of good cheer because he's overcome the world. And, and I felt the spirit of God saying to me, it may be difficult leading, but everyone is going through difficult times and you don't know what they just went through and you don't know what's going on in their mind. So instead of canceling them, care for them. Sit with them. Pick up the phone and call them. Sit down and talk to them. Oh, Lord, I don't want to do that. Pastor them. Love them. And they may not love you in return, But you're called to love them. And through that, I will make you more and more into the image of Jesus. He counseled me. He gave me direction. But it wasn't easy to follow. Because it wasn't comfortable for me. It wasn't what I wanted to do. And a lot of us, we would rather choose easy than destiny. A lot of us, we we would rather choose what makes us feel better in the moment instead of what actually makes us better for the future. But when we listen and obey the Holy Spirit's counsel, it helps us make decisions that that we would not have done on our own. It, It takes us in a direction that our decisions would not have taken us. He speaks counsel so we can experience direction. As I told you last week, the direction he is going to take us is toward the cross, just like he did Jesus. This is not going to be easy, but just like Jesus, it's going to be worth it. People will experience hope and life and freedom in Jesus. And the more we listen to his counsel, the more we follow his direction. It's all stewardship. This is our year of stewardship. The more we are faithful to do with with what God has given us, the more he entrusts us with more. The, The more we are faithful to listen to the Holy Spirit's counsel and direction, the more specifically he entrusts us with what he wants to speak to us. This may sound strange for some of you, but... But the Holy Spirit puts on my heart often people to pray for, and I don't know why. I remember this one time I was watching Pawn Stars. You know that show... It's not a spiritual show. It's not on TBN or anything like that. I started watching Pawn Stars one night, and and the Spirit of God just put on my heart to pray for this couple. And so I was like, oh man, come on. Like, he's about to buy that katana blade. So I just started praying for them just to try to get that burden off of me, but that burden felt heavier and heavier, so I had to, to pause the television, and I began to pray for them more specifically, and I began to pray for their marriage. And then I felt like I was released from that. And so I texted them. I said, hey, I just want to let you know that I was praying for you guys. Here hear the things that I prayed for. And I was kind of scared. It's like, well, why would I send them that? But I just wanted to let them know that, that God cared for them in that moment. And immediately I got a call back. And they said, you have no idea what that meant. We were literally talking about divorce five minutes ago. We were yelling and screaming at each other. And then we got that text message saying that you were praying for our marriage. Was that because I'm spiritual? No. I was watching Pawn Stars. I'm dumber from that experience. It's because God is good. And God is speaking if we would listen. And so I've just made it a habit. Anytime I feel an impression to pray for people, I'll stop what I'm doing and I'll pray for them. On our team, when we say, we got to pray for that, I say, okay, let's pray right now. Because if we say, I'm going to pray for you, we forget to pray for them. And so we have this opportunity. And anytime I feel convicted, I, I just pray for people. And then I send them a text, let them know, hey, I'm praying for you. And listen, not every single time does it lead to two people not getting divorced and staying married. But that's not why the Spirit of God speaks to us. He doesn't do it so that we can create miracles in other people's lives. He does it because he wants us to be sensitive to him speaking. He wants to know, will we listen to him? Will we obey? So my question is, will we? As he counsels, as he leads us, as we feel that impression, I want you to go here. And I want you to say that. And I want you to serve in this way. Will we obey him? First Corinthians 2.13 And we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, but taught by the Spirit. Interpreting spiritual truths to those who are spiritual. Verse 14. The natural person does not accept the things of the Spirit of God. They are spooky. They are folly to him. They are silly to him. For he's not able to understand them because these things are spiritually discerned. Verse 15. But the spiritual person judges all things but is himself to be judged by no one. For who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Because of the Spirit of God living inside of us, we have the mind of Christ. We have available to our access the wisdom of God, the discernment of God to counsel us and help us make the right decisions and go in the right direction. Will we listen? Will we obey? I want to know what he knows. I don't want to know what I know because I don't know a whole lot. I'll say, leave your wife at home. I'll watch a, a, a marathon of Pawn stars. But we have the mind of Christ. But well, we lean into it. The Holy Spirit speaks conviction so we can experience correction. The Holy Spirit speaks counsel so we can experience direction. Third and final thing is this. The Holy Spirit speaks comfort so we can experience transformation. John 14, 26. It says, but the comforter the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. We'll talk about this more in a few weeks, but we have a comforter. In my hand, I have... This is my wife's comforter. Now, for those of you who know fabrics and bedding and all that. You, you know that this isn't really a comforter. This is a what? It's a quilt. Only the ladies knew that. <laughs> like I was like, it's a blanket, man. Uh, my wife had this when she was a baby. And, and so when she was young, this was pretty much a, a comforter for her. And um, she is very, very uh, close to this thing. She is very, um, what's the word I'm looking for? She, she doesn't want other people to use it. She's taken, uh, extreme ownership of it. The kids want to use it to sleep, but she's like, no, that's mine. Like they've already torn it up. She's like, this is mine. I had it when it's a baby and, and I never had one of these growing up. I never knew what it was like to have a blanket, but my kids, they love this. And so so now we, we bought a few. And we have this one. This was the very first one we bought when we had Ethan. We took his first month picture, second month through. All, all 12 months we took pictures by the saying it's a Disney World thing. And so like Ethan, he, he loves this. This is his blankie, so to speak. He likes to sleep in it. But I'm like, no, no, this doesn't belong to you. It, it's in our house, but this belongs on the couch. And so uh, our kids all have these. And I never had one of these growing up, and so I, I didn't Fully understand why is, a, why is a comforter, why is a blanket so important to little kids? So I started asking why, and, and maybe it's because I'm Cuban Korean. No, no, seriously, because my Cuban side, and maybe this is just my experience, maybe it's not your experience if you're Cuban, but my Cuban side, we never talked about how we were feeling. We never talked to people, we just talked about people <laughs> and pretended like we're good. Like, everything is good, right? In my Korean culture, we never spoke our feelings. We never told our children how proud we are of them. We just put on a mask and wore a costume and pretended everything is okay. Everything's good and we're going to work, and work, 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 work. And so that was my childhood. That was my upbringing. That's how I lived my life. I just worked and worked and grinded and go as often as possible. Then I got to the end of my strength. Then I got to the end of myself. And I realized I needed help. And I didn't need the wrong voices pulling from the wrong sources. I needed the source. So I started seeing a counselor immediately but this was after a moment that, that changed everything. And I don't say that lightly. This was a defining moment for me where I stopped long enough to be silent. And in that moment, I... I, I remember sitting down on my couch and I grabbed this and I just put this over my shoulders and I was crying and I was weeping and then I realized, Oh, this is why kids like this, man, this, this feels good. Like the weight of it, the warmth of it. But, but more than that, I, I felt the spirit of God, the comforter began to speak words of life from the word of God that I'm loved more than I can imagine that I'm more than a conqueror in every situation. Though I tried to be the perfect pastor and failed time and time again, that he's still for me, not against me, and that the battle belongs to him. And I just, I spent time underneath this blanket, on my couch, just thanking God for the comfort he gave me. And I'm telling you, everything changed that day. My, my prayer life changed. In June of 2020, I stopped praying to be a good pastor. I stopped praying to have wisdom to lead the team. I stopped praying to be a better preacher. I stopped praying for things that I could do and I just started spending time in his presence. He is the peace that surpasses all understanding when we don't know what to do. He is the warm embrace of God when we're moments that seem overwhelming. And I don't know about you, but I'm tired of wearing a costume. I don't care how I look. I don't care that... That I have a comforter. Because God is good, but the world is difficult. And sometimes things get so overwhelming and out of our control and we don't know what to do. And yes, we should try our ability. We shouldn't give up. We should do everything within us to to bring some help, to bring some structure, to bring some support. But all of us know that There are some things that we can't do on our own strength. But we have a helper. And if we would surrender to him, we would experience his correction and his direction and his comfort for our own lives. Over the next three weeks, I promise you, we're in a place of prayer. I'm studying, but I'm surrendering to the Spirit of God. And and our goal is to to really explain who the Spirit of God is and what it means for us to be a Spirit-led people, for the Spirit of God to live within us. But, But more than explaining today about His comfort, I think the best thing we can do is experience it for ourselves. And so our worship team they're going to lead us in the song and sing this over us. And he's already here, but they're going to invite the Holy Spirit to, to be in this place. And however you need to respond, if you need to fall to your knees and in a posture of surrender, if you need to stand to your feet and lift up your hands, the Spirit is here. The Comforter is here. Will you listen or will you silence him? I pray in Jesus' name that we would hear His voice and obey. Thank you for listening to The Local Church Podcast. If you enjoyed today's message, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast and review and share what you learned today. You can connect with us at thelocalchurch.com or by searching The Local Church on your favorite social media platforms. We hope you join us next week for a brand new episode. And remember, you matter to God and you matter to us.